Hello, it's Natalia and welcome to Beehive Podcast, the place where insightful conversations with the most extraordinary people take place. Each episode is an opportunity to explore my guests' personal journeys, lifestyle choices and aspects of their personal success formula. Join me by subscribing now and enjoy the listening. On this episode, I speak to the mega successful serial entrepreneur, Casey Adams. It's a particular pleasure as Casey is a fellow podcaster who launched his podcast in 2017 at 17 years of age. Now, fast forward five years to now with over 400 episodes of the Casey Adams show in which he has interviewed some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, athletes and celebrities it has become a top 100 business podcast. Casey is also a co-founder and co-CEO of the tech startup Media Kids. And shortly after this interview was recorded, Media Kids was acquired by Viral Nation. So my huge congratulations to Casey and his team on this epic success. It's my absolute pleasure to have you. Casey Adams on Beehive Podcast. I'm honestly super excited to be interviewing you. Like, no joke. This is it's been um, in a pipeline for quite some time, and I'm incredibly, incredibly excited. So you've just turned 22 recently. Belated happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and you started this um, about five years ago. Is that right? Yeah, I started my podcast five years ago, but thank you so much for having me on today. I've been super excited about this as well. Superb. And uh, you're obviously on the rise. How does it feel being so young and having success formula figured out in so many ways already? Yeah, well, I, I love that question. And you know, again, I, I've been super excited to, to come on the podcast. But, you know, it's interesting because, as you mentioned, I just turned 22 and you know, as everyone would say, time flies. I remember when I was first getting into this whole business entrepreneur space, I was 16, 17 years old. And really how I got into the whole industry of what I do today was all by accident. So I grew up playing sports in my small town in Virginia here mm -hmm. in the US. And I was playing hockey for 10 years, playing lacrosse. And then sophomore year of high school, I actually ended up almost getting paralyzed because I got injured. And I was in a neck brace for almost six months. And it was really during that six month period of my life where I had to dive deep into what I want to do. And it led me to just stumbling into this whole world of personal development and self-growth. And then that led to marketing and then podcasting. And then, you know, now over the past five years with the podcast specifically, I've done a little over 400 interviews with anyone from Larry King to Rick Ross to the founders mm. of Netflix, a lot of good people. And from that, I, I've launched a lot of cool projects. And my most recent company, Media Kits, is what um, I'm truly so excited about what I'm building. But to your question, you know, this idea of success, I think for me, uh, I'm just truly grateful for the opportunities that I've not only created in my life, but have that come to the table through just showing up right? Because I come from a very small town in Virginia where 
I didn't grow up and I, uh, I didn't fly in a plane until I bought my first plane ticket. I didn't grow up traveling. I didn't come from a family, family of entrepreneurship or anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So this idea of what's possible or like what else is out there was always so prevalent in my mind at a young age. Um, so, you know, over the past five years, I've learned a lot and I'm grateful for the, all the opportunities, but I always love to say, I'm just getting started and I truly feel like I am. And it's, uh, it's exciting, you know, it's exciting to, to see how far I've come, but also to, to think about the future. So I'm, I'm excited about what's to come. <laughs> it's terrific. It's that silver lining that you completely turned your story, um, the hope to be potentially professional athlete. And uh, it's like that sliding door, isn't it? What life could have been like, and you just yep. uh, just winning it. So you mentioned your podcast, Rise of the Young, and I mean any podcaster aspiring big time to have the lineup that you had for <laughs> Rise of the Young, and you know it. Everybody knows it. Um, you've name dropped a few, but I'm going to elaborate on that. So you've had Larry King, you have May Musk. Simple was twins, Grant Cardone, Jake Paul, Robert Green, Jordan Balford, so the Wolf of the Wall Street, Kevin Harrington, and we both interviewed Michael Giuliano as well. So it's so much to so much to take away from such a great lineup. Tell me about the best stuff you've learned. Yeah. And, and huge shout out to, to Michael Giuliano as well. I know that he connected us and he's been incredible and a true mentor in my life and just mm-hmm. someone that I appreciate so much and that I always learn from. Um, but you know, that, that's really the most important thing is your question of what have I learned the podcast over the past five years, you know, I started it when I was 17 years old in my bedroom in Virginia and, you know, why I started the podcast was this, I saw what was happening on social media. I saw all these different influencers and, and, and business figures putting out content. And I, Hey, I asked myself, how can I get connected with these people? And I read a book by Gary Gary Vaynerchuk, Crushing It. And the last chapter of the book talked about this opportunity for podcasting back in 2017. And it was just this opportunity to connect with great people, to have great conversations, and most importantly, to learn something in the process, right? That's right. So I was fascinated with the idea of it. And I remember my first podcast episode, I just recorded on a pair of Apple headphones in my bedroom. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I just hit record and said, Welcome to Rise of the Young. You know, welcome to the first episode. And I just started talking, right? And and I think that's the beauty of the the story of I didn't overthink it. I think a lot of people overthink just getting started when it's important to just yeah. kick things off and go from there. Um, but you know, really, what I've learned over the past four or five years now is many things. I mean, number one, as an entrepreneur, being able to sit down with some of the most successful figures in the world, I've learned. I would say the most important thing I've learned is this idea of pursuing greatness, right? Like every person I've sat down with, they are so not only consistent in their work, but they are trying to achieve the best version of themselves. And I, you know, one of my, uh, what I always like to say is the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, which uh, one of my mentors, David Meltzer talks about, because I think that with any great person I've interviewed, um, I, that's, that the current version of them that I interview is not the same person that they'll be in a year or two years as, as they were two years ago, right? Like all these people are continuing to grow and evolve. And I think that is by far the most important thing that I've learned, but also have now felt where 
you know, I'm only 22 years old, but I feel, I truthfully feel that I am a different person every six months, every 12 months, especially over the last five years that I think that this idea of change and growth is so prevalent and, you know, doing 400 interviews uh, has really stamped that in my consciousness of how I want to continue to grow throughout life. This is incredible. And the depth of your answers, I'm very impressed. <laughs> For a 22-year-old, you um, you sensationally mature as well, and <laughs> this is this is probably um, whilst being unique self is also having that company through your podcast um, to learn from. So, which interview impacted you the most? You'd say. I love this question, and you know, I always go to one clear answer, and that's Larry King, right? Mm. I um, my interview with Larry King, it, it was very unique because I, I interviewed him at the tail end of 2019 and, you know, post 2019 COVID happened in 2020, the world shut down. Larry nice. King was 87. He really stopped doing all interviews. Um, and obviously you had to be very careful with COVID. And then, you know, unfortunately he passed away not, not far after that. And nice. I say that because the day that Larry King passed away, um, a reporter from BBC World News DM'd me on Twitter. And within three hours, I was being broadcasted live to the world. And they were asking me questions like, what did you learn from Larry King? Like, what was your relationship to him? Um, and they just wanted to have people share stories because not only is such a legend, but he's he's a true historical figure in the broadcasting world that really set the tune for what's possible. And, and over the years, I mean, he interviewed every president that he could remember and had yes. all these relationships after 60,000 interviews. So that interview impacted me the most, mainly because the, the context, right? I was 19 years old. He's 87. He was born in 1933. Uh, I started my podcasting journey with this idea of interviewing great entrepreneurs, great personalities. And when you think about greatness, like Larry King is the, the pinnacle of what greatness means in the, in the sector of broadcasting and media, and, and he's a true legend. So I remember just sitting there at 19, I mean, I literally get the chills talking about it, just looking him in the eyes, asking these questions for 45 minutes, thinking to myself like, wow, I started this in my bedroom in Virginia, looking at Larry King as this figure of what it means to be an icon and an interviewer. And yes to have the opportunity to sit down with him just truly meant so much to me, not only because of the interview, but to really show myself and other young aspiring entrepreneurs or, or podcasters what's possible, right? Because what it took to get that interview was a, a series of events that I can summarize here quickly that I think yes. a lot of people can learn from because it wasn't like I you know, picked up the phone and called Larry King and he said, yeah, let's come do the interview, right? <laughs> like the, the situations that have to occur for certain interviews or certain things to ap happen, I, mm. I think there's, there's magic in it. And I think that, you know, how I like to think about my life is just how can you create more magical moments that spark these different opportunities? So uh, I'll give you the context on it. So go on, I'm excited. One, one, of, my, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Michael Gruen, uh, he's an incredible entrepreneur, uh, just a year older than me, he was working with this guy named Tillman Fertitta, who's the owner of the the Houston Rockets basketball team. Mm -hmm. And I I ended up interviewing Tillman Fertitta on my podcast, like mid 2019, to promote his book. It was called Shut Up and Listen. And after he, you know, his book was published, he had this dinner here in Beverly Hills in California. 
And he invited a couple people, probably 10, 20 people that helped him promote his book mm-hmm. and go to this dinner at his restaurant. And there's probably, you know, 20, 25 of us in the room and he's having everyone stand up, introduce themselves, go around the room. And it got to one person that I didn't know at the time. And his name was Chance King. And mm-hmm. he looked at Chance. He's like, Chance, it was such a pleasure being on your father's show today. Uh, you know, he's an icon and it's always a privilege. And I'm, I'm there with my best friend, business partner, Kieran. And he's like, oh, Chance, like Chance King, that's Larry King's son, like super cool. So, you know, that night we ended up getting to know each other. We hit it off. Chance and I have become incredible friends. And this is how I how I explained it. Because from that moment, there's a, there's a there's a sliver of luck, right? And just like coincidence mm-hmm. where I meet Chance King. And then the following weekend, or maybe two, three weeks later, I'm at the mall here in, in Century City, right near Beverly Hills. And what do you know? I'm walking around the corner and Larry King just comes right past me in, no in his way. wheelchair. Yeah. And <laughs> comes right past me. So, you know, you kind of have to make a decision in that moment. Like, do I go say hello? Do I, do I not? So sure enough, I'm like, I'll, I'm going to go introduce myself, walk up to him, say hello. My name is Casey Adams. I actually just met your son, Chance, a couple of weeks ago. Just wanted to formally say hello and say, you've inspired me. I have a podcast. Just give him a quick spiel. We take a selfie. I send it to Chance. And it, it was just a moment that you can't make up. Like I meet Chance and I see Larry. And then I remember um, just asking Chance, like, you know, it'd be such a pleasure to have your dad on the show sometime. And by that time we were, you know, we were friends and you know, he was just coming off of a stroke. He wasn't in the best condition. Right, and at, at first it was, oh, it's, it might be hard. He's coming out of this stroke. But then I remember on Thanksgiving day, 2019, I was texting Chance like, oh, happy Thanksgiving. And he's like, hey man, like, let me know when you're going to be in LA next. My dad said he'd love to be on your show. Uh, let's do it. And sure enough, two weeks later, I'm sitting down with Larry King in his iconic studio. And I just think that I tell that story because there's so much context and a series of events that go into, you know, to your question of what yeah. makes, uh, you know, why is that in that interview the most impactful? It's not just because of the opportunity to sit down with him, but because of the, the opportunity and how it came about and the and, you know, quite frankly, the luck of the series of events. And, and I think there's so much to learn in that. And people that are asking themselves, you know, how do I create opportunity in my life? How can I do other things? You just have to put yourself in a position to you know, rub shoulders with great people, whether that's at a dinner, whether that's at a networking event, whether that's doing a podcast. Um, and you'd be surprised by just with consistency, how many uh, opportunities come up that you are not expecting at all. I think there's a huge also learning um, moment in what you're saying is actually acting upon that opportunity, which is so key. So many people have zillions of different opportunities turning up their doorstep and they just wouldn't act upon it. So you had that bravery to come up to him, to introduce yourself, to have a conversation. Um, and that's a huge calling and huge learning and teaching point um, in that, that um, life doesn't happen perhaps if um, you just let it happen sometimes you just have to grab certain opportunities and make it all happen I love it so Larry King then I've listened to that interview I absolutely loved it you sound incredibly natural relaxed you there in with with the biggest icon as far as broadcasting goes (laughs) teleradio and you're incredibly professional so um 
And this is where my next question is coming from. So all the also aspiring podcasters out there, um, walk, me th- walk me through how do you prepare for the interviews with these superstars? Where do you even <laughs> <Absolutely>. start? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, my, my theory has changed over the years in terms of how I prepare for interviews. Because um, I think there's, there's a style of what makes the way I interview people unique and what makes the way you interview people unique and vice versa, where Mm. when I initially started my podcast, I tried to do, you know, an an enormous amount of research, write down all my specific questions and like really, really prepare because I felt the most confident, especially in the early days. And over time, (laughs) absolutely. Over time, as I was doing that, I, I felt the most prepared, but I felt in moments that I, I wasn't spending enough time listening and I was spending a lot of time thinking about the next question, the next, the next topic. Um, And over time, and especially with, with Larry King, you know, his famous quote, he says, I've never learned anything while I was talking. And then this idea of extreme listening, um, sure enough, probably after my 20th, 30th interview, I just resorted to never writing down a question ever again before an interview um, and just going in there with a mind of curiosity and no expectation, right? Like treating it like mm-hmm. a conversation like you're sitting down at lunch and you're getting to know somebody, not only because I think it's a great way to spark organic conversation, but because it makes me naturally more inclined and more happier during the interview. If I'm sitting down with someone and I'm, you know, the, I click record and I can just get to have a conversation and spend my time listening. It takes a lot of stress off of me and it makes me more excited to have the conversation. So to your point, I write down no questions. I I do prepare by, you know, watching other interviews that someone has been on and to really get a grasp of their story. So I understand uh, what they're coming from. Um, But most importantly, I just let my curiosity lead the conversation. And I think that it's given me this fire on the inside where I'm just always excited about the conversation and, um, and I don't have a definite end goal. Like I want to take it here. Let's just let it flow and have a fun conversation. And of course, you know, to, to the point, like my, my podcast revolves around this idea of business and entrepreneurship and bridging Mm. the gap between this, this youthful, um, perspective. So like, I have a, a, a plan, but I, I try not to make it like a formal sit down Q and a, but more yeah. of a conversation that's organic. And again, that's, that's my style and that's what feels most natural to me, but it took a lot of trial to get to the point where I feel like I could sit down with anyone in the world and just feel comfortable because that's my conversational approach to it. And this comes with practice, doesn't it? So Absolutely. If, if a bit of um, rigid preparation and structure is required in the beginning, once you master your craft, like in your case, you can just go with the flow and use your curiosity. I absolutely love it. So now you're doing media kits. Please expand on yes. that, how, how, how it came to be. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So media kits is my, it's my company and I have a co-founder and it's a software tool. And we've created the easiest way for creators, musicians, podcasters, athletes, et cetera, to create a media kit with real-time data and analytics. And you know, if someone might ask, what is some, what's a media kit? Historically, a media kit or a press kit or an EPK has been used in the media world 
as sort of like your resume, or in this case nowadays, your your digital resume for a creator, where you have you know your headshot, your bio, your your past work. In the modern day, as of today, you show your uh, social media analytics and statistics when you're talking to a brand. Um, and really, how the idea came about was just over two years ago. My my co-founder Kieran and I he had, he had a marketing agency at the time, and I was just starting my podcast. And one of our good friends, his name is Jeff, or better known as Jr. Garage. He's a big automotive YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He had like half a million subscribers at the time. And one day he frantically calls us and says, guys, guys, uh, Pennzoil reached out to me for to do a brand deal. They asked for my media kit. Can you go create me one? So we're like, sure, what's a media kit? We look it up. Oh, it's your digital resume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we build him one on Canva or Photoshop. We ask him to send screenshots of his of his Instagram, of his Twitter, of his YouTube, and then we make it look pretty. It took us a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, he, again, after he gets the deal with them, frankly calls us again, guys, guys, Ferrari contacted me. They, they asked me for my media kit, but all the numbers are outdated. I, I had a couple of viral videos. I changed my picture. I, I, I worked with this other brand now. Can you go update everything and, uh, you know, send it back to me? So we're like, sure. So we go back, mm-hmm. we're changing ones to twos and threes to fours and just doing everything manual. A couple hours later, we sent it to him. And that's really when we had this idea of why isn't there a way for creators to create a media kit that number one, doesn't get outdated when it comes to numbers. And then number two, why isn't there a way for brands to to view creator data that's verified and trusted? Because it's very easy for a creator to say you have an X engagement rate or to say you reach this demographic, but mm-hmm. you know it, nothing's verified. So mm-hmm. that's when we came up with this idea. And you know, ironically... The story goes of we had this idea, but we didn't execute on it at the time because Kieran was starting his company. I was just starting my podcast. I was still in high school and we didn't have the experience of starting and launching a tech company. So we shelved the idea. And then fast forward to 2020, uh, Kieran and I now moved out to Arizona to the West Coast. I graduated Mm -hmm. high school um, and that was my next step. And right when COVID was happening, TikTok really started blowing up and all these creators we say are like, we're being minted overnight. This whole idea of the creator economy was really resurging. And yeah. really when we asked ourselves, like, why, why shouldn't we start this right now? It seems like a perfect opportunity. We have this idea. We have this um, product that we want to bring to the market. Let's do it. So middle of 2020 to, to late 2020, we just started ideating, kind of creating the mock-ups, just really building out the designs. And then early 2021, that's when we just dove headfirst full time, raised the initial pre-seed round. We raised $1.25 million within like four to six months. And then we officially launched the product late 2021, um, August 11th. So just under a year ago. And you know, just to wrap up on this point, this idea of my podcast and how it's been incredibly valuable to me is... All the people that I've met over the years, I've been able to build great relationships with them. So when we were pitching media kits and wanted to go raise money for this thing, I had so many brilliant minds in my corner that I was able to, you know, ask questions to, pitch to. That all like a good percentage of the people that invested in media kits were a direct correlation of the relationships I've built over the years on my podcast, and Incredible. it's been super cool to be able to have that natural transition of you know, DMing someone on Instagram to building a relationship with them, to having them on the podcast, to then 
you know, having them as an investor in my company, I think that, you know, when people ask me, oh, why do you have a podcast? Because you build quality relationships with people that I truly believe will last a lifetime um, if you make it that way. And I think that this natural transition from just having this podcast to not to now this tech company has been so natural and organic. And it's truly been beyond fulfilling when it comes to getting these people involved, launching this tech product, and also being a consumer of the tech myself. Because you know, over the years as a podcaster, yeah. I've had <laughs> hundreds of people not only send me their media kit pitching me to be on my show, but also brands asking me for my media kit. So to really fill that gap for something that I personally feel uh, and experience on a day-to-day basis has been incredible. And I mean, I, I've said it before, but we're just getting started and I'm super excited about what myself, Kieran, and our entire team is building. So where you'd like it to be? You said you're just starting where you'd like it to be. Where, where is it heading? <laughs> yeah, I mean- Bigger and stronger. For sure. I mean, our our vision for the product is is very simple. And we've started out with, is out of the gate, we're currently the de facto media kit builder tool for over 25,000 creators. And we want to become the most trusted uh, cross-platform data source in the market because this idea of cross-platform aggregated data has been very antiquated where there's not one place where you can view a creator's entire social presence, all of their numbers verified that are forever up to date. So that's our first product. But we mean, uh, I can't talk too in depth, but we have this entire ecosystem that we're excited about building and different ancillary tools that our team is, is looking forward to bringing to the market later this year. Uh, but this whole idea of this media kit tool, me- media kit builder being our, our Trojan horse in the much more has always been our guiding light and something that we're excited about because it's it's something that every creator needs, right? It's it's the tool in your tool belt. And beyond that, we can then you know build other tools that uh, service not only the media kit tool, but our entire ecosystem that we're looking to build. Listen, that's incredible. Congratulations, first of all, to you guys. Thank you. It blows my mind. It's incredible. It's absolutely phenomenal and wishing you all the best with that. Um, And exactly reiterate um, something that um, our um, mentor, Michael Giuliano, always says, people over stuff, isn't it? And the (laughs) connections and that you build, the true relationships and how they play out in not just for personal things in communication, but also in business. So we are now completely in this digital world, um, whether we like it or not, we are completely in the digital world and you've always been on the good side of it. So mm-hmm. what, what is your view on how best to use this medium? Yeah, no, I, um, I, I love, love, love that question because, you know, with social media, and everything that I, where I spend my time and a lot of spend our time, there's of course the positive things that I that I talk about here and you know the opportunities that come from it and the opportunity to meet people and build a brand, but you know there's always this dark side of you know people get and caught up in this idea of scrolling and comparison yeah, and right. judgment and and haters and just there's a lot of bad stuff on social as much as there's good stuff. I try to focus on the good, but I think that. For me, there's a simple difference of when I go on social, there's this idea of being a consumer versus a producer. And mm-hmm. I like to really break this down because I, I always try to spend my time on the producing side where I look at the producing side as many things. Number one, it's producing content, just putting out content, building a brand. That's one avenue of it. But even small things where it's 
like responding to comments of people in your community, DMing friends of yours and responding back to people in the DMs. That's truthfully where I spend a lot of my time on social is like responding to people or reaching out to people and just mm-hmm. producing, right? Not being a, a consumer that's just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Awesome. But yeah. when I when I do scroll, like, you know, I want to see Instagram stories and see what my friends are up to. When I am looking at other content, such as Instagram stories, if I'm looking at 50 Instagram stories throughout the day, I personally try to actively send a message to a friend or to someone that I, you know, that I'm inspired by referencing their content, right? If, if my buddy's at this awesome restaurant or about to travel somewhere, I try to send a personalized message, you know, wishing them a great day, seeing how I can help and just producing instead of just consuming. And I think that that has always gained for me a net positive of instead of just feeling like social media is um, consuming me, that whenever I'm on there, I have an intent of either, you know, responding to something in a positive way, seeing seeing how I can help people, putting out content that I hope inspires people myself. Um, and I think that there's a clear difference of how you use a tool, right? Like a, a hammer can either, you know, you can hit a nail and you can finish a project or you can break a window with it, right? Like how do you use it and, and where you spend your energy with that, I think is very important. And I mean, I think we all obviously fall into it of spending time on social and and maybe we spend too much now and then. But over the years, if I just look at it black and white of has social media been a positive impact on me, I can just look at you know the pictures of the people that I've met, the list of guests that I've had on my podcast and literally say 99% of everyone I've met currently in my life has come from social. And, and I love these people and their and their relationships that I know will be with me for a lifetime. So that's where I spend my time on social. And that's how I believe I, I look at the glass half full is because I'm a relationship builder. I, I I try to really cherish the people in my life and all of them, I, again, just to reiterate the point, have come from this idea of social media and through the podcast. And without it, you know, I don't know where I'd be. So wise. So wise. <laughs> no, it's again, people, people over stuff. Going back to the same yeah. point that Stop you, Michael. <laughs> I know, I know. So you just um, exactly that. Just uh, instead of passively consuming and um, becoming it as a tool of wasting time, you actually use it as a virtual communicating tool and keeping in touch truly with people rather than sliding through. Um, so behind the success, what actually drives you? What's your ultimate prize in life that you um, wish for yourself? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, because whenever I think about the next five, 10, 50 years of my life, you know, Mm. I don't have a clear answer, right? My my clear answer is I want to be the most fulfilled and happy person that is uh, the the most fulfilled and happy person in the world, right? Like that's my end goal. But I think from a, a business and and uh, accomplishment career perspective, my simple thesis is, you know, if I'm not getting better every day, what are you doing? And this whole idea of not being complacent, right? I I think that a lot of people in life and even people I've interviewed, it's, you know, in any level of success, it's, you know, don't get complacent, just continue growing, becoming better, get 1% better every day, whether that's Mm -hmm. in the gym, whether that's your communication to people in your life, whether that's, um, you know, your personal relationships or your family members. Um, for me, it's just 
how can I continue to build and grow, build products that impact, you know, in this case, creators, build my podcast and, and be someone that is 10,000 plus interviews by the time I'm fifty. Like I know the podcast is a forever play for me, That's whether right. it's something that I do independently or I, I sign with a massive, you know, network one day. Like that's something that I see in my life forever because I just, I know if I ask myself, do I want to keep having conversations with phenomenal world-class people? Yes. Therefore the podcast, is, right. that vehicle is always going to be there for me. Um, but, you know, I, I think more tactically, I'm fascinated with technology. Like just at, by heart, I'm not an engineer, I'm not a developer, but this journey of media kits and, and hiring a phenomenal team and building a product that's used by tens of thousands of people, it's it's been the most um, educational process of my last five years. Like this past year, I've learned so much from building a you know a software tool, put like putting it out into the market, and yeah, obviously fascinated with technology. And I believe I'll be in that industry for a while. Um, obviously, I, I think that just innately real estate has always been something I want to get further into. My brother's a realtor, and I, I would love to start something with uh, my my brother and my family here in the near mm, future. Um, right. But I, I think it's just that simple thing. I get better every day. Don't get complacent um, and take it from here. I, I, not to say I don't plan, but I truly believe like spending time on what's in front of you, like media kits, like the podcast, um, there's going to be many, many opportunities that come up that I'm excited about. I, I have no doubt about that <laughs> with your track record. Um, and it just resonates back to your interview with Larry King when he said, um, do what you truly love, isn't it? So that where the true passion is, where it's something that you uh, don't just say it for a good word, I love it, but truly, truly love it. And that's where the passion and success comes ultimately from. Um, Is is there anything that you wish you would have done differently? You know, Probably not. I think that I'm just, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for the right way and the perfect time. And just mm-hmm. everything happens for, for a core reason. Right. Yeah. I, you know, small things like even to the micro level, like if you leave your house at 1130, but not 1134 and you didn't get in a car accident, like you've avoided that in this world <laughs> of everything happens for a reason. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think looking back since I was 16, 17 years old, um, I truly think that, you know, my forever goal is to inspire more people that the opportunities in this world are endless because, you know, I, and I'll be the first one to say, you know, I have my great days. I have my bad days, but I think that overall I look at it's life. just like human positive. being. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, I look at life in a very positive, grateful lens. Like I think more than a lot of people and, and that's been cultivated over the years. But, you know, looking back 16, 17 years old, I think it's just find that thing you love because I, you know, as a 16, 17 year old entrepreneur, just getting involved in this whole world, I I was bouncing around learning so many different things, social media marketing, editing, uh, like stock trading, like, oh, what, what is raising money? What is this venture capital world? And I was just bouncing around, bouncing around to so many different verticals of learning, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's just, you know, find what you not only love to do, but what inspires you and, and do it with people that you love building with and spending time with. And I think if you can find that quickly, uh, or at least just lean into it that, you know, you'll be on the right path, but you know, I, I wouldn't do anything different. Cause I think that's what's 
created my life. And exactly to what you said earlier about the sliding doors, uh, yeah. I always think about this simple question. What if I didn't get injured? Like, what would my life look like? What if I wasn't That's in right. this next race? You know, my goal before all of that was I wanted to go play lacrosse at the University of Virginia in college. And I think I thought that was a idea of success for me. Right. Um, so I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, everything happens in the right way at the perfect time, which my girlfriend, Jacqueline Burnett says all the time. And I think it's just such a true statement. So right. yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Amazing. Beautiful <laughs> advice in that answer as well. So no regrets as well. What is next for you? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, just continuing to build media kits. You know, we're super excited about our mission, about not only becoming the authority in cross-platform data, but I truly believe as this creator economy continues to grow, you know, there's 50 million creators out there in the world that identify as a full-time content creator. And this uh, market yes. is blowing up, continuing to grow year over year. And I think it's just so cool to see the opportunity at hand, not only for the creators, but for the creators like myself that have businesses in the space that are providing tools and resources to this entire new economy. Um, so, you know, I'm excited about seeing the space grow and evolve because I think with any new industry, things change fast and you always got to stay prepared. Um, but I'm just excited to continue to build. And I mean, outside of that, the podcast is something that I'm always uh, excited to have fun, great conversations, and uh, just continue to build out the personal brand and we'll go from there. You know, I'm excited for you, actually, because you everything is really resonates and your positivity <laughs> and outlook in life is just so um, inspirational. So I'm I'm 100% sure that you'll do great and uh, <laughs> no doubt about that. Right. So to wrap up our interview, I've got a few blitz questions for you, Casey. And I'm looking forward to hear your answers. They are a bit fun. Um, so whatever comes to you, share with me and the listeners. So what's your favorite quote? I love this. Um, I would say my favorite quote, it's, it's a simple one. It's start being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And yes. I think that's just the truth of my life, right? Like we talked about during the interview of, you know, going up and saying hello to Larry King. That's a very uncomfortable moment. And I think oh, yeah. that growth, like true growth happens in uncomfortable moments, whether that's you're preparing for a keynote or you're going to raise money and you have to get uncomfortable with pitching people. Um, I, I think that true growth is this in this lane of uncomfortable conversations and moments and you have to start getting comfortable with it. And that's been true for me since I was 16 years old. So it's definitely my favorite quote. How do you push yourself like with the, with the courage? What do you, is there any pep talk you do? Like, come on, Casey, you can do it. Get on. <laughs> What's um, the tip? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not perfect. And there's moments that I, that I believe I'm like, oh, I, I should have done that. Or, oh, I, I missed that opportunity. But I think it's a simple thought that always comes in my mind. It's like, if not now, then never, right? Like you have to expect in situations that if you don't do it now, the opportunity it will never be exactly like it is now. It, will it right. appear again? Can you create it again in a different way? Yes. But I think that, you know, opportunities come and grow, come and go. And uh, it's up to you to take action on them like in the moment and not bet on something coming up again. So it's, you know, if not now, then never. Like what's, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> they can say no, or I'm in a rush. Isn't yeah. it? Always yeah. encourage. 
one superpower that you'd like to have? Superpower. I think the superpower that I would want to have is, you know, Warren Buffett said this before, and I think it's a, a true advantage is, you know, being able to speed read books at lightning speed so that you could absorb yes. more information in a day than most people do throughout their entire life. Um, that's one thing is like people to take in information at hyper speeds and scale. Um, I mean, outside of that, a fun one, I would love, I think if humans could fly, I think uh, yes. that would be pretty cool. <laughs> You'd have a few takes, takers on that one. That's right. Tasks you'd like to outsource. Ooh, tasks I like to outsource. I think, you know, someone that I have so much respect for, especially in the early days of my career, was this guy named Ty Lopez. And he was talked about optimization and, um, you know, have, doing the things that are important to you, right? So, the way I do that now on simple things like folding my laundry or taking out the trash, I try to, or I'll give you another example outside of these, but you know, if I'm folding my laundry, I try to listen to a podcast or uh, where I live currently in California, I had, there's like a 10 minute walk to the gym. So it's like outsourcing. That would be having a gym where I can just yeah. walk downstairs and having an in-house gym. Right. But on this walk to the gym, I try to make a phone call or, you know, respond to a couple of text messages or, uh, you know, get back to an email or something. And just maximize the inconvenience, not inconveniences, but moments where, uh, you know, eventually I, I would like to outsource or optimize. That's um, right. But I, I think it's just things that don't move me forward, right? Like I, I would love to, uh, like one thing that I think is important for me is I haven't owned a car in four or five years. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we share a car, but truthfully, especially in Los Angeles, I love not driving and I would much rather spend the, the time in an Uber and spend the money to sit in an hour of traffic and again, get back to emails, make phone calls, get back to people on Instagram or just get ahead. Because if you get compound, on. you know, if I'm in a 30 minutes, one way of traffic, 30 minutes, another an hour, that's on average four days a week, four hours a week compounded over 50, you know, 52 weeks in a year. I can yeah. save a hundred hours just day by day, week by week of not just holding onto a steering wheel and trying not to hit another car. Um, I think it de-stresses my life a lot and I slowly but surely get ahead in a, a very small way, right? Going back to that idea of 1% a day and yeah. someone that I actually not just learned that from, but I, I've heard that from is uh, another one of my mentors, Dan Fleischman. Um, right. He hasn't owned a car. He Ubers everywhere. And he literally talked about that. So I think to your question of outsourcing or maybe spinning it, like optimizing, um, I think that's been something that I have enjoyed just optimizing those moments. And having a driver. Well, there's, there's only so many podcasts and audiobooks and calls you can make. Yeah. Too, so the driver, I like it. Your dream place to live. I think my, my dream place to live um, as of now would probably be Bel Air, Beverly Hills as a home base. And then oh. having one of many things, number one, I really want uh, a beautiful lake house. I want a mountain house. Uh, I want like a higher, I would love to have a very cool high rise in a city like New York city. Um, but I want to have, and then also to 
um, international places. Like I, I would love to have a place in Hawaii. I, I love Costa Rica. Um, somewhere in Europe would be super cool, but I, I haven't traveled there enough to say like, I would want a place here. Um, right. last year I, I did my birthday in Saint-Tropez and Ooh. I think that having a place there as a vacation home would, would be, be quite the spot. <laughs> right, London, London wasn't on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, not I, with I, London. Have, UK I, London. <laughs> I have not been to London, but when I, when I do come out there, I will let you know and I'll have to get some recommendations, but my, my dream outcome of living is having a solid home base in a city where I have the most friends and family and opportunities and fun events going on for life, but to have, um, a lot of other cool spots where I also have friends and, you know, different cities I enjoy. Uh, so that's the, that's the goal. Yeah, cool. And I can see how it suits your personality as well, but um, (laughs) ultimate dream also. So cool. Top choice for a famous house guest, and it can be a current or historic figure. Host guest, like famous host? House, house guest. Ooh. You would host at home. A house guest. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people that I would love to sit down with. Um, a couple people that come to mind that just people that I would love to sit over dinner with and talk about life yeah. with. Yeah. Um, over time, I've thought about this and it's been Oprah. Just this right. world-class powerful woman and her story is beyond inspirational. I would, I think I would just soak up so much. Um, I think someone like Kevin Hart, one of my favorite comedians, I just think that yeah. <laughs> his energy and, and his, the way he operates, I think is so cool and funny. And it would just be such a moment. Oh um, gosh, the level the of ro- sarcasm. If, yeah, if I could be at a dinner with Kevin Hart and The Rock, I think it would be truly the most <laughs> enjoyable dinners uh, and his, just hysterical and, and fun times. Um, and then I think outside of that, you know, Elon Musk would be interesting to sit down with and talk to. I think that just his presence, I've never met him, but is so mm. powerful, I'm sure. Uh, I, I've interviewed his mom, May Musk, you and his have, sister. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely someone I would love to sit down with and have a conversation with. And I always say this, and it, I'll say this on the podcast. And when I interview Elon one day. Right. Let's put it out there. Yeah. Like, my, or if we were at a dinner, I wouldn't want to talk about the business or the rockets or anything. I just want to learn about him, how he thinks, like how he spends his time. How does he think about time? How does he think about life? Like, I think that, you know, he doesn't do too many interviews, but the ones he does are, are so, uh, you know, business oriented, which I love right. talking about, but a lot of people have covered those bases, right? I think just talking to him as a, a human over lunch and dinner and just making it like 0% about business would right. frankly be a very powerful conversation that I think not only I would enjoy, but the world would enjoy. I love it. So you've got Elon Musk, uh, Oprah, uh, who was the third one? Um, Kevin, Hart, Kevin Hart, The Rock. All, all of them in one table. Imagine <laughs> that. That would be that would be quite a combination. I love those options, though. And by naming those, I have no doubt you will probably have them on the podcast soon. Um, knowing your track record and being in the presence of that greatness <laughs> and attracting the magical, the magic of. Um, attracting the great guests and greatness to yourself. I have no doubt that's going to happen. 
Um, Casey, it's been absolutely phenomenal talking to you and having you on my podcast. Um, to wrap this all up, what's the best place for the listeners to reach out in order to inquire about media kits or to follow your journey? Where is the place? Yeah. So, I mean, real quick, I just want to say thank you so much for, for having me on the show. And of course, uh, our good friend, Michael, huge shout out to Michael for making this happen and for connecting us. It's been such a pleasure and I'm looking forward exactly. to coming out to London sometime soon. But in regards to staying connected with me, I spend most of my time on Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's just at Casey. Um, and then of course I'm on all things social Twitter. I spend a lot of time on just Casey Adams, I'm starting to do more on LinkedIn and that's always a fun place to, to be, you know, to put out content nowadays they're, they're really ramping up their creator initiatives. Um, mm-hmm. And then of course my podcast, the Casey Adams show, that's where I put all my uh, long form interviews and spend a lot of time and energy on that. And then with media kits, it's just mediakits.com. And, you know, if people are out there listening and end up creating a media kit it takes less than 60 seconds. And if you have any questions about it, feel free to shoot me a DM because I, I try to respond to everything. Uh, and I, and I like having great conversations with people. So if you've listened this far, please shoot me a DM, say hello. And again, Natalia, thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, likewise. I, I, I sincerely enjoyed it a lot. And um, I've learned a lot as well. The amount of wisdom and maturity, as I mentioned before, positivity, and um, makes me feel totally uplifted. Thank you for your time. <laughs> I absolutely loved thank it. You. Thank you. And um, shine bright. That's thank what you, you do best. You. So good luck with all your endeavors. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Beehive Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. Bye now till the next episode. Look after yourself and your loved ones.